Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52 and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Jed Spence podcast. Sorry, the Bora Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny, Dana and Elliot and... Well, breaking news today, Jonathan Woodgate has been sacked by Middlesbrough as head coach and Middlesbrough have quickly appointed the experienced and the meme-loving Brexiteer, that is Neil Warnock, as manager um, until the end of the season. The contract, as we know, is for eight games and is to, to see if Borough can stay in the division. So we have had a, quite a lot of questions around the contract side of things, but it is just eight games with no view for next season, as we're aware of it yet, but more we've find out we'll let you know as well but guys let's kick things off um i I couldn't believe it this morning i was just sat doing me work you know having a sip of coffee um doing me social run rate for work and uh well i get my phone just goes absolutely mental essentially everyone was messaging me about it but jonathan Woodgate was sacked um first question dana what's your thoughts on the sacking I think it was, unfortunately, for Woodgate, the right decision. Um, you know, if anyone's listened to this podcast for the entirety of the season, you'll know that I've been largely in favour of, of Jonathan Woodgate. But uh, it, it's it's difficult. I mean, I'll admit that, that I've got it wrong um, in regards to Woodgate. His team selections were bizarre. His tactics were naive. His naivety was bewildering. But... You know, you can't say that he wasn't dealt a bad hand by the club. I mean, a rookie manager whose coaching staff was made up of 
Danny Coyne, Leo Perkovich and Robbie Keane. I mean, that's inexperience mixed with inexperience and that's not going to breed good results. And, um, you know, we, we've spoken about it so many times, the the bad sort of structure at the club and the fact that, you know, we, we're basically leading Woodgate down the road to, to nowhere. You know, we've no director of football. The uh, transfer recruitment team is still the same. The ingredients are all wrong. And I don't think it matters who the head chef is when all the ingredients are wrong. It's like trying to make spaghetti bolognese with carbonara sauce. You know, you're not going to get what you want from it. And if I'm being honest, I'm fed up. I'm I'm fed up of Borough going in with a plan, scrapping it, going in with another plan, and then scrapping that soon after. I think, for me, I don't think it matters who's in charge of this club because we're in a deep-rooted mess. Yeah, Neil Warnock might come in and keep us up, but do I have any faith that Borough will move forward and, and you know, push push on? No, I don't. I think Steve Gibson needs to take a long, hard look at himself this summer because this is yet again another example of him trying to erase a mistake that he's made. Well, the last question... Oh, oh. well, a round of applause as well. Was it the was bit brilliant. where... Dan- it was a bit where Dana mentioned that it was spaghetti bolognese and carbonara sauce. That was a really good... That done it like, for me. It, yeah, it was good Is for that me now the well. holy, holy trinity of analogies that I've made on here? Yeah, I feel like we might have to call the podcast the, the carbonara podcast. No? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, forget Jed, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they don't sell that in Never mind the Manjaros. I know, yeah, never mind Manjaros. We'll go, some, we'll go to an Italian down the street. Um, but anyway, in terms of where Millsborough are going in this summer, um, I'm, I've pretty much put that as the last question of the podcast. Uh, so we're going to move on a little bit slightly, else, And I want to hear your thoughts on the Woodgate tenure as a whole. I know that Dana mentioned there that all the ingredients were wrong. Um, and it didn't hire that experienced second coach, uh, which really does help manage. When you look back, McLaren did it. Um, Frank Lampard's doing it now at Chelsea you know we've got the likes of Michael Karanga had Steve Agnew and Hignett there who had a little bit more experience but we had experienced coaching staff around him um, looking back now we'll get tenure what's your thoughts on that how much of a failure was it it was it was quite bad wasn't it um, I think even if you take <laughs> into even if you take into account all of the things um, Dana's said there with you know everything else around the club. I still think he could have done um, a lot better, um, and not even just if the results didn't come. I think even if he just um, did the obvious things a lot better, um, he had a lot of meme moments out of press conferences. Um, his uh, lineups were odd to say the least. Uh, we chopped and changed formation formations so much, um, and it's almost like. He was trying to overcomplicate it. Um, most fans know who the better players are. It's not hard to to see it. Um, we know who the threatening players are. Um, we know who who shouldn't be in and out of the team. And, and some you could maybe argue to a degree. Um, and it all is down to opinion. And we don't see what he sees on the training field. But how some players have gotten game time this season or gotten the, the amount of game time that they've had, or how... Um, we've had about 20 different formations when we know they just haven't worked. Um, absolutely baffles me. So I think he could have been a lot better just in the fact of that um, doing the basics right, doing the basic coaching things right. 
um, and also handled himself a lot better in in press conferences. So. Well, the the first question I'm going to go with, and you made some really valid points there, Els. Um, but the first question we had was from Ben uh, Ben Strickland, and he, and he says, "Did Woodgate overcomplicate things? You know, we chat about the basics, and Neil Warnock is renowned for the basics. Um, four four two, get the ball to the strikers, and whatever happens, you just tend to win football matches under Neil Warnock, which is really strange. Um, he just seems to make things very basic. Um, but do you think that was the case? With Woodgate, um, Dan, that he just completely over overcomplicated everything from top to bottom. Yeah, I think he maybe tried to take on too much all at once, and you know it was like I was saying with the with the naivety. Um, we saw it time and time again, and um, and you do have to have to call in question. Um, I, I mean, there's many things I think wrong with with Woodgate's tenure just as a whole. I think it, it didn't appear to me as all the players fully bought into the the style of play. I didn't really see that fight. And then again, on Saturday against Swansea, the basics were were what cost us. And um, you know, I, I think potentially, yeah, he was trying to overcomplicate things. I know he had this grand plan of you know the fast flowing attacking football, but you know, that needed to, to really come into fruition over time. And I think he maybe was trying to take it on too early. And I know that obviously he's, he's a Borough fan. He wants what the fans want, which is this brand of attacking football, which has kind of been the complete opposite of what we've had in recent years. But it was that naivety that I think in the end cost him. And, you know, unfortunately, it, it's a massive shame because I wanted him to do well. And I genuinely believe that he could with time, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing both sides of, of the, the fence, really, because I think on one hand, he was dealt a bad hand, but on the other side, it's, you know, he, he did make some baffling decisions. If, if you think about sort of styles of play um, and doing the basics right, you can, you can play that style um, over time. And if you think back to Karanka, I know we're, we're all big fans of, of Karanka on here, and I'm not going to trying to big up him here but um, although we had a, a clear identity and brand of football what was probably done when Karanka came in was trying to instill that in but through rigorous training of, of doing those things and doing the basics right. Clayton's job wasn't um, you know, outlandish and out there, he didn't have probably a, a lot of instructions, he was told to do very simple things and he'd done it very effectively I think obviously with Woodgate yeah, every fan wants to see that type of football and, and have a clear identity and play good football essentially. Um, but we, we just, yeah, it's a case of just not um, doing the basics right as well as that, uh, especially in the championship when you don't have the quality of the Premier League. Um, I was saying to Johnny earlier, it's okay when you can bring in the likes of um, Viduka, Hasselbank and so on at the end of the career because of the quality they have over people like, um, you know, Johnny House and Rudy Gustedid and Flint is is just it's massive in terms of the difference. Um, so when you're trying to play certain styles of football in the Championship, it it just doesn't work with some clubs. Um, and you can see it's worked with teams like Brentford because of the players they go and buy. They have the quality to do it. Um, but as I well think... with Brentford, they have the right structure, which is why yeah. you know I, I've never been. Well, recently, I've never been fully will get in or will get out because I can sympathise with him. I do think he's been dealt a really bad hand. But I, I will reiterate, because some people are probably rolling their eyes, um, you know, he obviously fell short. He Some people are arguing that he didn't have the, you know, the credentials in the first place to even have the job. 
and be appointed. And I completely understand that. But you have to have sympathy for him there that the structure just wasn't right behind him. And essentially, he's taking the brunt of the blame for a much deeper rooted issue at Millsborough Football Club. Yeah, and I think that's why, you know, possibly Tony Pulis as well maybe didn't. So if you maybe think back to, to the structure on that, if, if there was if the club had a better structure around it, would Tony Pulis have absolutely walked the championship? Maybe. He'd done mm. the best with what he could at the time. And probably looking back, you think the, the majority of the squad's the, the same and he, we managed to finish seventh. So you probably got to think, well, yeah, there the, the was data-brooted issues. Obviously, the coach plays into it a bit, and that's why we finished seventh versus possibly, you know, twentieth this season if if we manage to stay up. Um, so yeah, interesting, interesting debate from the from the Perrys there. Um, I think with with how things have gone, you're both touching on this deeper rooted issue, and we'll get as the front man of this deeper rooted issue. Um, but with that in mind, it does really show that Middlesbrough don't have a plan. You know, it's it's kind of like, well, we're going to do this for a bit. If it doesn't work, then, oh, well, well, we'll try something else. And I was saying to Ryan from the Second Tier podcast, that I should come out later on this week, and we chatted about uh, Middlesbrough don't have a three, five, ten-year plan. It is all very much year by year. Um, and very short term and no plan B and if plan B if plan A doesn't work then Jesus Christ we have to start all over again and I want to really come on to that a little bit just a little bit later on um, and just the reason why I want to stay with this subject here is um, we will get getting sacked and we're looking at the decision making within the club now do you think Millsworth should have probably sacked will get regardless of the result against Charlton or should it have happened a lot sooner than what it did because for me, Millersburg got results at just the times where things were getting a little bit sour, like i.e. the the four wins over Christmas, um, the wins at home. I think it was over was it over Hull, maybe. Um, not Hull, no, sorry. Do against Hull. Not Hull. Um, sorry, it was later on this season. Anyway, I think it was. I think it was against Huddersfield. I think we won one nil. Uh, we got a result there. We got a result at Charlton as well. So we were getting like little results, just at points where you think we should sack him. Um, but do you think Gibson should have really sat down and went, okay, let's just get rid of you now? Because really, when you think about it, Gibson's had 103 summer days to sack Woodgate. And why do we have to wait for Saturday to come along, get pumped 3-0, and then, and then sack him? For me, it seems a little bit strange. He was a little bit surprised at how it all came around, really. Would have you sacked Woodgate sooner? Well, Elliot said it in the last podcast, didn't he? That, like, you know, if Woodgate was going to be sacked, surely he would have been sacked during this lockdown period because Luton did it. Mm. You know, that that was the opportunity for Borough to do it. It does seem a little bit weird that Gibson's, you know, seemingly pressed the panic button after the Swansea game when he had so much time before that to do it. I mean, it it is a baffling thing because if you think about it, Neil Warnock's, come in now and he's you know middle of the week pre- uh, preparing for the the Stoke game which is a massive game by the way when he really could have had that time if, like three weeks or something yeah, shouldn't you, to do it yeah, yeah exactly you could have had that time when the players first returned to training to really get his philosophy across because now it's just it just seems panic stations yeah. I don't think it'd be. I don't think it's more of a philosophy now I think we've what Neil Warnock does really well is just get the basics spot on 
and we need to put those basics right. When you're professional football, it shouldn't take that long to get the basics right. But for whatever reason this season, we've made mistake after mistake after mistake. And I think we will see a different Boring. We're going to come out to Neil Warnock now. And Joe Stevenson sent the question about long-term um, deal for Neil Warnock. As far as we're aware, as, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, it is um, eight games from what we know at the minute. Now, this could change. It could turn to a one-year deal. And there is obviously the rumours about it. And you, you, we all we all know what rumours are like. We can make up a rumour and it go viral. We, we've had a first-hand <laughs> experience from that. And we actually we did that to prove a point. But it was more or less of, anyway, Neil Warnock. Um, but were you guys like surprised at how quick the appointment is? And do you think Neil Warnock's the right man for the job as well to come save us at this time of need? I think um, I was I was obviously a bit surprised that the statement obviously included the sacking and the appointment. <laughs> you don't tend to see that um, very much, but um, I think in terms of picking someone for an eight-game job to keep you up in a division. There's probably not many better than Neil Warnock. Um, so I guess you can't really argue with that. Um, I guess, like you mentioned, Gibson had obviously hit panic stations, probably realised you know, there's actually a real chance of us going down. The difference in, in revenue um, that uh, would affect the club is is you know huge. Um, and, it, and like we've said many times before, it, there's no guarantee that we come straight back up. So I think obviously that was probably the thinking, but as we said, it could have been earlier. But yeah, I mean, in terms of Warnock, um, yeah, I don't think I, many people, ideally, that might be going out on a whim there, saying that ideally they wouldn't want him long term. Um, but for now, hopefully he can keep us up, get um, a couple of wins as I think are needed, um, and just stop making silly mistakes. I think we, we overlook it sometimes as Borough fans because you've been used to it this season and, and you stand in the ground and I'm just looking at the little things sometimes. Like we can't seem to keep possession after a throwing. I'm pretty sure that that will change because I, I I just see us throwing it to the other team after the time. Um, so I'll be glad to just just finally see us have some possession, play uh, like a half decent passing game, um, and see players playing well with our shirt on. <laughs> with with Warnock coming in, this must be the most important question. Um, of the podcast, but Dana, do you think we'll see the return of maybe Ryan Shotton right back in the Ryan Shotton long throw? Well, that's what we were saying before we before you started recording it. That you know, George Friend is definitely going to play against Stock. I can't see anything different. Um, we were saying that forty three one is his preferred formation, which it's not as bad as four three three. I think four three three is definitely not our formation, but I still would prefer a three five two. I cannot see Neil Warnock going forward with a three five two, but you never know because you know he's a pragmatic manager. I think he'll go in there, he'll look at the squad, he'll assess what he's got, and he'll try to put forward a team that will win a football match, uh, win football matches, because that's what we need. You know, we need the points, we need the results, and we need to stay up. And um, yeah, I mean. Ryan's shot and long throw will probably be our best set piece, won't it? I think that's where the strengths lie, though, and I hope he does assess the squad and, and think, look, we don't have any wingers. That's what we're surely going to have to play. Because if he plays a 4-2-3-1, it, it's the same problem again, where whoever you put in those um, spots in the sort of the wide of the three attacking midfielders, um, I think just aren't comfortable there, or if they are, they're not going to track back, or George Friend's going to get too far forward and we're going to be left exposed again. Um, 
so I think I hope he does come in and, and play the strongest formation, which we all know um, from this season is is three five two. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we go to a a four four two and you see Brit and Rudy up front trying to create tall man small man partnership, and you know we try and put Tav back out wide and Shotton and Friend as the fullbacks, um, Clayton and probably McNair or something centre mid. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Well, do you think the next question was going to be was, do you think any players are going to f- really flourish under this new system? And I, f- I feel like just Rudy Gusted's just going to become a twenty goal a season striker or something. You know, it, it could really flourish. But is there any players that I think I think the question was by Arbor at it again? And, well, yes, they are at it again. I just love answering that <laughs> right, question again. Again, yes, um, good questions. Arbor right does again. ask a good question, so I have to say Arbor right again. <laughs> Um, but in terms of like any players that are going to flourish, is there anyone on anyone in the squad that you think, well, yeah, you could really benefit under Tony, uh, not Tony, Tony, under Tony, Tony Pulis, under Neil Warnock? They are same the same people. person. The same person, really, aren't they? So, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what I don't know what we've done to upset someone. You know, we went from Tony Pulis and Neil Warnock in twelve months. Oh, must have upset. Must have upset someone. I think. Um, what, what I was thinking about earlier is like the one thing. Not that I hear about this appointment, but. Because uh, I think, you know, for the for the situation that we're in, it, it's potentially a good appointment. But I think what I hate about Borough for for all of this, and especially if he does get a, um, a long term contract, is that we've just became one of those clubs now. When you would assume um, a club where Tony Pulis and Neil Warnock would go, you think of like the Palaces, the Cardiffs, Bolton's, just one of these clubs where they don't go out and pick. Um, you know, a good find in a manager almost like we did with Karanka and how um, a lot of other teams do, like Daniel Farker, um, the now manager at Brentford as well. Um, we just seem to be cycling around old British managers that aren't very good. Alan um, Kirby's next. Yeah, I feel like what, what, are we, what are we going to do next? Uh, are we going to go with Pardew full time next season? Or like, oh, I'm God. just. He's available, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so I'm just worried that we're just going down this route now of Steve Gibson just picking out names of who he thinks his manager still is. I mean, is Harry Redknapp going to come back? Or... <laughs> old, 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 man, old man Gibson picking old man managers. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's the most worrying. Are old? But I mean, pro- I mean, in terms of, in terms of players, um, obviously we can speculate, I guess, and say, yeah, people like Gisted, um could flourish if, if he uses him in the system. But I think Players who definitely will will be um, hard-working players, so players we know who will run for the 90 minutes. Um, and there's some players we know that can't do that, so I think Lewis Wing will probably be out. Um, I think people like Johnny Housen will be shoo-ins. Um, you know, they'll give their all for 90 minutes. Um, potentially, you might see certain playmakers not being played. So I know we have, obviously, Tav, um, Raven, Roberts... I don't know if they'll get much game time. Roberts does kind of work hard for, for the type of player he is. Um, so he could. We haven't really seen a whole lot of Ravel Morrison. And I think Tav isn't much of a a workhorse as his wing. So I think they, they won't get game time. I think you'd be a fool not to play Patrick Roberts. Patrick Roberts isn't, is is the diamond, really. It's just He's fantastic. He's just wonderful to watch, really. When he came on, he always wanted the ball at his feet, try to create chances. We need Patrick Roberts to play. Um, I wouldn't be interested. I'd be interested to see if we did go to that four-two-three-one. 
I think if I could predict the form, if I could predict the team on top of my head, it would be Stjanovic in goal, be Shotton, um, McCudi, uh, Fry, and probably George Friend in, in, in the left back position. Then you've got your two certain defensive mids. So you're probably going to have to put probably Clayton and Savile. I'm assuming, um, and then from there, I'd put Roberts on the right hand side. I'd be putting uh, Coulson on the left and put Ravel Morrison in the middle, and then put probably. He's probably going to go with Britt up top, really, or Rudy. So that's what I would probably go with. Well, I wouldn't go with. I think that's what I think Neil Watt's going to go with. But do you think there is two players that I have in mind which may find things difficult for Neil Warlock um, or to go into the team? It's Jed Spence and Hayden Coulson, really. The, the two players that have been the shining light this season. Um, but sometimes your senior managers go with the experience. Go with the experience in difficult scenarios as well. Do you think that Jed and, and Coulson could find things very difficult to get into this squad now with Neil Warnock as manager? I was thinking this earlier because I was thinking, obviously, he's going to come in and his number one target is, is obviously to keep Borough in the league. And I think with these inexperienced players, they don't have the you know the previous experience of being in this relegation battle, nor do they have the experience in general of, of being in the championship. So I think unfortunately and and to be fair it's been one major positive to take away from Jonathan Woodgate's you know reign at the club is the the youngsters that have come through we've had Ainsley Pears and um and Jed and, and Coulson making their debuts this season um I do worry for them because I think that they'll probably be taken out of the team I would imagine certainly I don't think Jed Spence will, will be back in the team unfortunately I mean we love Jed on this podcast but I think he will opt for, for experience. So that's why I think we'll probably see Friend come back, Shotton play right back, um, Howson maybe return to, to midfield. Um, it's unfortunate, but I think we have to do what we have to do to, to stay up. But having said that, I think those players have been, like I said, Johnny shining lights this season. And I think it would be a massive shame if they were to be taken out of the team because of their you know, lack of, of, of experience. But I'd like to think that they've become important players in this in this setup and, and fingers crossed they can keep their place. But I just fear that that, that won't be the case. It's a it's a bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? Because it's although you do want to play because they they are a huge part of, of our attacking threat, it's also like you said, they don't have um they don't have that sort of playing experience to play in high pressure games which especially the next two out of the total eight mm. are going to be because the um one going to be targeting these next two is where we need to pick up some serious points if we want to survive um and you know if you say to the likes of George Friend and Ryan Shot and look um you need to be on your A game today it might not put as much pressure on them as it would Colson and Spence if you're asking Spence look I need this and this from you today it'll kind of make maybe feel um make him feel a bit nervous perhaps and could then um you know end up in some mistakes actually on the pitch so yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a catch-22 but we mm. we do need that um we do need players who are going to not crumble under under pressure in big games for us so because we have made loads of mistakes this season haven't we so yeah go yeah. on Johnny. I was going to say the thing is that we need to remember that George Friend and Ryan Sean are out of contract in July. Um, we've also got House that's out of contract, Clayton, um, Marvin Johnson as well. Um, there's a good crop of players that are out of contract now long term. I don't think we should be giving those players contracts, but um, obviously just mainly thinking about age. But in terms of obviously age and return value and stuff like that, so I'm trying to think it's more of a business perspective rather than just um, team. But 
you know, these guys could be out in July. So it's like, well, would you give Coulson and Spence the opportunity now to try and cement the place for the rest of the season, or would you just go with the experience? It's it's a difficult, difficult mm. question to ask. But with Neil Warnock being appointed now, and he's he's brought his trust, trusted lieutenants with him, um, do you feel a lot more optimistic about Boris staying up now, Dana? No. You don't feel more optimistic? No, because like I said to you earlier, I have no faith in the club whatsoever. You know, this season I've been probably the most optimistic I, I ever have. I've grown up as a pessimistic Borough fan. I've genuinely felt as though this season that, you know, we can do something and, and maybe kick on next season and, and you know, the whole Woodgate era would be good. But unfortunately, you know, that's not been the case and I just can't see it. I, I, honestly, everything at the club at the moment for me just leads us to to relegation I honestly I can't see I can't see us staying up and and I'm wary of of Barnsley everyone keeps looking at Barnsley and saying well they've got the toughest running of like the bottom pack but they've got some fight in them and I think if anyone's going to plunge us into the bottom three it's going to be Barnsley and you know yeah you know uh, Neil Warnock is a wily fox you know he's he's an experienced manager in the championship but this is Millsborough Football Club, and, and I just can't I can't see it. I've I've lost all of my my faith and all of my optimism, and I honestly I just can't see anything other than Borough going down. Very very pessimistic. If you've never never known you to be so pessimistic, but it's it's a valid point. It is really a valid point. I think with everything that we've mentioned over the last season or the last probably the last two seasons, we could have, could have probably pushed back a little bit more from that article that I wrote about eighteen months, two three years ago, Dan about being more of like a disconnect and being something fundamentally wrong. You can kind of see that coming, that the decline does and will continue until something is drastically done uh, from top to bottom, really. And I think that what Mills were trying to do under Jonathan Woodgate was to try and start that trend. But whether I think we've just got it completely and utterly wrong, I think when you look at Bevington coming in at his head of recruitment and then going three months later, for example, the sign ends up being really very good either. Um, everything just points to relegation and I think we're going to be very fortunate this year that we've got the likes of Hull who are in a position a lot worse than us um, but you never know we could well, still everyone get keeps saying that though that's the thing everyone yeah. keeps saying that and do you remember that week where I think Huddersfield, no, Huddersfield lost to Luton uh, Barnsley won Wigan won I think mm. Stoke won there was, there was a whole week where every single one of Borough's relegation rivals bar uh, Huddersfield won so everyone was was relying on oh well you know we, there's these three teams worse than us I think that's gone completely out the window to be honest that's the hope that I was riding on but after Saturday I honestly I don't have any belief that we can stay up and and we had that run as well where we picked up a point against all three of them didn't we um, yeah. and I think even at that point fingers should have been pointed to the potential sack and that Luton game um, was absolutely atrocious at home I don't know how we didn't... We didn't have a shot in that game, I don't think. Was that one of the ones where we didn't have a shot on target? Again, Probably. Against Luton at home, we lost 1-0. Um, that was... That, if that wasn't a, a danger sign enough, um, then I don't know what was. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm feeling slightly more confident, but I don't know if that's just a, a refreshing feeling of, like, we don't know what to expect for Saturday and it could be a whole different team, whole different setup and things. So it gives... A little bit more hope, um, but realistically, eight games is such a short space of time. Um, 
what we might see in these eight games that the players just aren't good enough. Um, and if we lose some of these out-of-contract players as well, it could worsen the situation. Um, for Neil Warnock, I guess it doesn't matter a whole lot to him. For, for sort of personal pride and, and his managerial career, he won't want to have a relegation on his CV, so I think he'll do his utmost, I hope, to, to keep us up. Um, but at the same time, if it goes down, it doesn't doesn't really matter to him, I guess. So... Um, well, how many how many wins do you think Borough need to stay up? Then that was a, that was a question from Chris Grace. Um, but how many wins do you think Borough need? But do you think three, three out of eight? <sighs> Maybe leaning. I don't know. I'd say three I or think, four. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning more towards four. Four. Um, yeah. Or maybe a combination of making up those points, twelve points, um, just because, like Dana mentioned, with those other teams there. Um, they all had a little good run before the break, um, and even now again, I think a few of them picked up results over the weekend, didn't they? Um, so I think they're only going to continue. If you know, I think what I was saying on the the podcast we did a couple of days ago is um, home and away form now goes out the window. It comes down to who is the better team and who's got the more motivation on the day. There's no external factors now um, of fans sort of pushing you over the line. It's solely down to the players and um, sort of the, the influence from the coaching and, and management team because we've seen it in the Bundesliga as well where um, you can't just back over some instructions and the other team won't hear it because you can hear everything now so it's going to even that's a, um, a different way of doing that so uh, yeah it's going to be tough um, and I'm I'm quite nervous normally it's it's quite good to be nervous football but only when you're in a promotion but this is this is not a nice feeling to be in a, a relegation fight and um, being unsure of whether you're going to survive. Well, we're yeah. weirdly in the same position that we were in in 2016-17, aren't we? Where you know Neil Warnock is essentially our Steve Agnew-ish. Obviously, you know I wouldn't Neil say Warnock's... that. But it, in I, the sense, I can, I can I can see I can see where you're coming from. No, but... in the sense that it's like a panic appointment to like you know try to I think, keep. I up. think. I think Steve Agnew was just uh, the white flag appointment. I think with Neil Warnock is more of a an experienced, more, I think more that's valid we, appointment. You know what I mean? I think it's, that's it's, what he probably should have done in the Premier done, League. Yeah. But, um, if he wanted to stay up that much in the Premier League, we should have done exactly this, what we've done now, mm. with even a Neil Warnock or someone like that then, because it, <laughs> it would have been a much better fight than, than Steve Agnew. Uh, mm. so. We're going I with think... Steve Agnew. I think with this whole thing with Warnock coming in, I'm optimistic that we'll stay up. I think he's he's the right man for the job right now. But the pessimist side of me knows that this is just papering over the cracks for however, however long Neil Warnock stays for. Um, I think Neil is the is the the best candidate we could have possibly got from out of any management that who was out there at the minute. Um, I think he's he's respects the club to an extent, and also that. He's always wanting to work under Steve Gibson as well. So you can kind of see there's incentives there to come in and try and finish his career with a bang, really. But for me, the final question, and we've, we've, I've wanted to touch, I keep touching on it, we keep touching on it, um, but I want to end it on, on this. And it's more or less of, with Warnock coming in now, does it just show that Boris still scrapping, still papering over the cracks, and we're going to still have the same problems happen time and time again if Warnock goes after eight games. Is that, do you think that's going to be happening again? Well, yeah, I mean, like I said before, it's just a, a yet again another 
decision that's been made to erase the the area the the errors of previous campaigns. I mean, something has to change at Borough. That's a simple fact. It you know it doesn't have to change as soon as possible. It has to change now. I think the club as a whole needs a massive reset. I think we need change from top to bottom. It needs to be significant. I think we definitely need. Um, better structure, we need a better transfer uh, recruitment team, uh, we need better coaches around, we need better players obviously um, still think we need a director of football um, you know, it's just like I said, there's a deep rooted mess and I think that if we do go down it'll be a massive massive reality check mm. part, of me, was... part of me was thinking earlier today that um, and we've sort of toyed with it the idea before when we were chatting before on the podcast about, you know, would it be better if we just went down? Um, so we can kind of just see how out there in the open some of these problems are. If we now stay up um, because of this, it'll kind of be like, oh, okay, great, we'll we'll go again next season. We'll we'll we won't um, take Warnock on, but we'll get someone else in on on a project, and it'll go wrong again, and there'll still be the same issues, and we'll be like. 14th at Christmas, do you know what I mean? And and it'll be like we haven't progressed anywhere. Um, because in all honesty, like you know, 20th to the 14th in the championship or something isn't isn't that big of a gap. It could be six or seven points, which is a offside goal here and there. Um, so I, I still think without major changes, Dana said we're going to be we're going to be in the same position next season. Do you think that you know if we well, do still, huh? So I thought Elliot just broke up a little bit there. Oh, is my yeah. net again? Do I need to put fifty p in, in the meter? <laughs> oh no, it was it was Elliot that went. It was Elliot that went. Oh, a it was Elliot bit, that needs fifty p in his meter. So now, what I was going to say was, do you have confidence that Borough can move forward and actually progress if we stay up? Yeah, I do. Um, I think there's. I have been very negative over the last couple of seasons about it and you know what like I'm still negative around it I still think there's a lot of work to be done when you look at different teams now when you look at like of Brentford and you look at Leeds United Leeds United for example are the best run club in the championship right now and I'll probably use football league as well the way that if you watch that documentary it's absolutely brilliant um, but when I look from look at them and look where we are we're a million miles off and I think where Middlesbrough really need to look at themselves is one is nailing recruitment and recruitment is like a test and in, in obviously when you were digital marketing you do A-B tests all the time and you're trying to think of well can we keep testing different style of players until we get the right one and it's obviously it's a, it's a much more expensive game um, in football than it is would say some marketing budgets uh, that we've seen in the past but also Mills have to look at themselves as an identity for from top to bottom. So if it's Gibson there, okay, Gibson needs help. So we need someone who with a football brain in there. And because Bowers is not making the right decisions either, Gibson shouldn't be making the decisions anymore. I think he should obviously should have a say, you know, I mean, he's, he's the chairman, but I mean, like, you should have someone with director of football. Like a Warnock, if you keep Warnock on next season, director of football, you can come up once, twice uh, a week or once a month or something and really sit down and see what's going on and manage, help manage the next manager. We need that really installed first. And then two, is the scouting network right? Have we got the right people in there? I'm sure I've read something earlier today that Jonathan Woodgate was offered a scouting role. Like, why? You know what I mean? Why would we well, even you had contemplate one at that? Didn't he? Yeah, but why would we even contemplate having Jonathan Woodgate around now once he's been sacked? Um, 
it's beyond me. It just baffles me, to be honest. I think we need to have a look at the scouting team. We need to have a look um, at the medical team as well. Why why are we getting a lot of injuries now? Um, you know, is, is Chris Christmas need help there? Um, are we have Do we have the right players to fit the system? What's the coaching staff like? It just seems like we need one massive mass audit. And for me, I think Steve Gibson needs someone who's independent, who's just going to come in not even if if not even if he's a friend of Steve Gibson, it's someone who's completely like who's well res- respected in football. He's gonna look at the training facilities. Yes, it's great and all that. But he needs to look at the people in there and really mass audit everything that's going on for us to move forward again. But in terms of right now, in the last eight games, I do feel that we'll stay up, and whether whether it's a blessing or <laughs> a curse, like, who knows? But I think Warnock's the right man for now. I'm happy that he's been appointed. Because um, we couldn't have we couldn't have stayed with Woodgate for much longer, which was ironic because in the last podcast we said either give him three years or sack him, and so it's just. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for now. But end of the season, if we get relegated, is it the end of the world? No, I think it's we deserve we deserve, if we go down, we deserve to get relegated um, for the season. That's where I, I kind of stand on it. So I'd be interested to see where you stand on it. To be honest, would you say I'm right on that point, or is it something that? you kind of disagree with and say, well, actually, we just need to improve this and then we'll be all right. Do you know what I mean? Is it just one thing or is it a whole club thing? It's a whole club thing for me. Um, I don't know what Elliot thinks. Elliot, what do you think? Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I think there's, um, I think we always say, isn't it, there's um, a multitude of factors that always play into it. It always is, but football is never one definitive um, thing that could be something that is more of an effect than, than others. But I think... Um, you know, with with the way our club is at the moment, I think there's a, a multitude of factors that are playing into why the performance is so bad. Do you, do you think if if obviously just just a curiosity questions to finish off, but if you think if Warnock was manager in the say the January time, do you think we could have maybe you know hit the playoffs mid table? Do you think there's any chance of that, or do you just think nah, we're, we're actually terrible? Well, there was a point, wasn't there, where we were close to the playoffs? It was when yeah, Jonathan Woodgate got six. manager of the month, which seems a decade ago. So it's, it's crazy to think that, actually, given how bad we are now in the position that we are not, uh, above the, the drop on goal difference. Um, I don't know, Johnny, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? I think it obviously depends on the signings and, and everything as well. I think if he was got given a job in, in January, I think um, he'd have done a lot more with the squad and how he would have wanted it, but um, that would have been a, a huge talking bite in its own right that we've, you know, only had Jonathan Woodgift for half a season. He's went with this approach and then we've went back on ourselves again. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's pretty much everything guys. So thank you very much um, for, for coming on this evening. I know we've pretty much all had hectic days today as well with work and stuff like that. So thank you very much. Um, but, Guys, if you listen to the podcast, can you give us five-star rating on the podcast apps to help us get found, uh, but also get to chat in Apple Podcasts. So if you can do that, then that's absolutely perfect. But this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast. Middlesbrough have just uh, appointed Neil Warnock as manager. Thank you very much for listening. Up the Borough Breakdown.